self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists What's going on, people? It's your boy, Mr. On Point. And I am Calamity Red this week because I couldn't think of a name to be. Also known as Conversation Con Artist. Back for another fantastic episode. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And you can find me at Red underscore Calamity. Listen, y'all. So, the YouTube thing. Like, listen. I try. I'm trying. It's not working out. So... If you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> red underscore calamity, my goal is to use the Instagram TV to do my videos as opposed because like me sitting down, getting the lighting right, get my camera out, putting it on the tripod, setting up everything, sitting down, recording the video, taking everything down, putting it into my computer to like, it's just not going to fucking happen. Like I've been sitting on a video for weeks, <laughs> so I got to ease back into this shit. So instagram <laughs> where where i'll be making some of these videos because i just listen she's gonna get it together at some point i am and it's gonna be worth it it will so just keep trying to follow <laughs> and figure out how to get that content okay now as far as my youtube channel yes. always on, on point i've shit. stayed with it for the last month but i've been sick this last week so i couldn't record a video i want because you know it impact your flavor <laughs> when you got you know congestion and stuff you know so you can't really taste things right and uh the last video i did was a lucky charms frosted flakes mashup it's a box of lucky charms and i talked about the trap house Oh yeah, I talked about the trap That's house box. Fucking shit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the next one is gonna be smart food, flaming hot white cheddar popcorn. Okay. I love me some white cheddar popcorn. I love Smart Foods version. Like their popcorn is one of my favorite white cheddar popcorns. Like it's just really good. And they have other flavors. Did you know they have like all these like random. I've seen them. Yep. Fla- I haven't tried a lot of them. They got like caramel them. popcorn and they got sour cream. Yeah. They got like ranch. Like they just got weird flavors. Um, I think the only one I've tried is like the cracked pepper and something and it was like plain. <laughs> well, I, and another thing I have to admit to myself is I really, really like flaming hot shit. Yeah. I just really do. Well, I mean, the flavor behind it is good. It's hot, but man, it's flavorful. I really like it. Okay. But, you know, check my shit out. Always on point. So, are y'all, are you going to do the tacos? The tacos from Burger King? At some point, Leroy Ketchum, what's up? That was uh, your suggestion. Let's get on it. Cause I, do you a, might need to do a quick. How long are the fuck? Is this, this going to be like a regular these, no. menu item? Or this is like for a limited time only? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like y'all need to get, like, it might not be around. Because I don't think they're going to, like, Hardy's has red burrito, so it's a regular part mm-hmm. of their menu. This just seemed like some shit they doing at the end of the summer. They're going to catch it. They usually have anything for two or three weeks. Yeah. Depending on how popular it is. I just don't, a, a taco from Burger King? Listen, a whole, by the time a new menu item get put on a menu, a whole round table of people have tried it, have approved it, have liked it, and added to a menu. Yeah. It's got to be some kind of good. I mean, it's fast food. They engineer the shit that you eat to your liking, you know? I get Like, I don't like the red burrito stuff. I've tried to get some of that stuff from Hardy's. I don't like it. It's just not good. It's not good. You know, with burritos and tacos, if you don't get the shell and the chips right, it's a wrap. <laughs> and rep 
red burrito shells and chips are not good. It's just period. not good. It's, oh, they Jesus. cheat. Ugh. Uh, but yeah, so always on point. Check out his deliciousness. Get you don't have to catch me on Instagram because that I can do it live and upload it, and there's like a, a, not a lot of shit in between. So right now, that's where my life is. Uh, we don't have a letter this week, but so I got this new streaming service called Philo Philo. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's P H I L O. And I, I've i been unplugged from cable for like a really long time. So like I don't really see commercials. And so with Philo, with the streaming service, I see commercials again. And so <laughs> this commercial came up that I was like, we got to talk about this on the show. It's a video? It's not a video. It's, a, uh, it's the website for this thing you can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So On Point has no idea. I told him I was gonna wait him and let him look it up like once we started recording so he can like give y'all his honest <laughs> response. So what I need you to do is go to peterpopoff.org. Peter Popoff. <laughs> Dot org. And this is Dot a thing org. you can buy. It he sells miracle spring water. Is this a pastor? <laughs> Touching hurting people around the world. He already sound like a molester. Listen, when I Google because I saw the commercial, and I was like, this shit is crazy. So I Google his name, and the first thing that pops up is like Peter Popoff Con Man. <laughs> and then it has his website. I'm so pleased that you have come to my website. I believe that God has brought you here. No, sir. <laughs> Google. Google Chrome brought me here. <laughs> According to God's holy word, there is tremendous power in agreement. Matthew 18 and 19. It, Miracle spring water. Yeah, you see it. So listen, here's what's crazy. So to get the miracle, the miracle spring water is a powerful biblical point of contact. There is nothing magical or mystical about it. The Bible uses points of contact in numerous locations to release miracles. So many people have used the miracle spring water and their lives have been changed. Let me send you the miracle spring water. <laughs> uh, so this is so you go down and keep scrolling down. You see you put your name and all your address information and all of that shit in there. And so then they have donate. They have a place donate. Now, he got Bible verses everywhere. So like for the donate the Bible verses, Second Corinthians nine and six don't know this uh the point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so give a lot now it says donation donation usually means you give what you want but he got three tiers he got step out in faith which is 17.99 double portion anointing which is 77 dollars <laughs> And then you could do uh give a custom amount. So I guess you could do less than the seventeen ninety nine if you wanted to, I'm assuming. And you gotta put your credit card information and all of that shit in there. Um he also has a prison outreach that he does. Few men have had such a long time line of touching hurting lives and affecting miraculous changes as reverend peter popoff first of all can we just talk about the name, his name being peter popoff that is like the a great name for somebody that's gonna whoop your ass <laughs> not a pastor peter popoff the nigga pop off all the time like listen shit pop off bro <laughs> 
Peter's grandfather and father grew up in a culture behind the Iron Curtain where preaching the gospel was forbidden, and both were tortured because of their faith. Uh, is this communism was in full fledged? Churches were hidden underground. Pastor Peter escaped Berlin, Germany, where he was when he was just a young boy. He remembers traveling with his family by boat to America and seeing the Statue of Liberty for the first time. But he did not forget where he came from and the one who brought him here and called him for a purpose what this has to do with this is under prison outreach i'm not really sure what that has to do with that in the 80s he used the most ingenious methods for getting bibles gobbled gospel tracts and other christian literature into countries where the word word was forbidden the 1990s were punctuated by his personal appearances in auditoriums and stadiums and nations throughout the world Tens of thousands have been saved, healed, and delivered from every form of demon oppression as the man of God preached the glories of Christ to them. Peter maximized his world outreach through satellite TV in the 90s. Like, he... (laughs) And the commercial is, like, him telling you that this miracle spring water is going to, like, change your life. There's a black lady that's, like testifying about it and she said you know get it you sprinkle it on yourself you drink it you do whatever it is that you need to do with this water to receive your blessing so what do you think of Mr. Peter Popov like this is what do you know about prosperity gospel I mean I know what it is but you know, like this is this is one I like. I know this is one of many. It is. Folks be selling handkerchiefs and yes. Oh, what was that? Um, the one who used to sell the um oh the prayer cloths. It was it was like an infomercial that came on at night. It was a black guy. Oh, what was his name? Damn, I can see his face. It it was a very long running um infomercial at night, and he sold these prayer cloths for to people. Um, this is just so different from the cur- the cursing pastor's church because remember we went and looked at his website for that church, and he was selling like condoms and all kind of shit on his site. This <laughs> this man's not doing that, but he's selling salvation through water. What makes it miracle water? What does he do to it? So prosperity gospel is if y'all don't know, I guess prosperity theology it ain't you know prosperity gospel get the bad name because of the names attached to it but it's really a theology prosperity theology is the belief amongst some protestants that god's will for us is to be physically healthy and wealthy and if you donate money to god and time to god that it will increase your chances of being mentally well and are wealthy. What so the problem is that it's not that they selling water. They're selling and increasing the possibility of you being financially set and healthy. That's that's what it's about. It's not even about the water. It's about like they selling they selling dreams. That's what prosperity pastors do. They're really good at it too. They're marketing geniuses. If they were in, if Creflo Dollar, like even the popular ones, oh yeah, you know, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that they. I think some prosperity gospel pastors 
don't give a fuck about the gospel more so than the marketing that they can do to people to make themselves wealthy. Mm -hmm. But I do think some of them have a mixture between they genuinely truly believe the gospel and they're going to utilize their platform to market prosperity. So when you talk about Creflo Dollar and TD Jakes, I do believe that they believe the word, but they're also using the word as a tool to make themselves wealthy. And like, that's the same, that's the criticism that um, Big Man faced, I don't remember his name, John something, when he bought his uh, wife that uh Oh, he bought Ferrari. her because he cheated on her? <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. But like, that's the criticism he faced. Like, as a servant to God, should you be wealthy? Should you have access to that much? And he's doing nothing but using people's own naivety about how they feel they can be more connected to God to gain financially. And to me, that is fucked up. It is. Now, Peter Popoff has a Wikipedia page because apparently he's a very well-known comment. So according to Wikipedia, Peter Popoff is a German-born con man who poses as a televangelist. He was exposed in 1986 for using an earpiece to receive radio messages from his wife who gave him the names, addresses, and ailments of audience members during Popoff-led religious services. Popoff falsely claimed God revealed this information to him so that Popoff could cure them by faith healing. He went bankrupt the next year but made a comeback in the late 1990s. Beginning in the mid-2000s, Popoff bought TV time to promote Miracle Spring Water, which is the commercial I saw, um, on late-night infomercials and referred to himself as a prophet. Business insider remarked, no matter how many times his claims are debunked, he seems to bounce back with another version of the same old scheme. So he has, over the years, continuously found suckers <laughs> to do this with. That's because that's what we've done in our society, man. We have made faith such the centerpiece of our existence that we really want to believe that shit. We really want to believe that there is something that we can do to secure a wonderful life after we die. And people will go to the ends of their financial pockets to to do that. Which is just really crazy to me because I've never I've never understood the whole concept of tithing. And this is why. Why? He did, God doesn't, it's not something that, I guess it's supposed to be your symbol of the faith or whatever, because he doesn't, he doesn't need money and the money that goes, that you tie that goes into the church is going to be used for whatever the church deems to be appropriate. But like, I don't understand why that's something that is needs to be done in order to secure my faith or to, to secure my following. You know what I'm saying? Like I got, I've never understood the concept of tithing because. The money doesn't go to God. It's not something that he... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't come down here and collect a check. Money is a, means nothing to him. Money isn't a concept that, that has anything to do with him. That's our earthly thing. So, like, why do we... I don't understand. I've never understood. 10% of your earnings, but for why? If... See, your... Your whole question... Is rooted in the idea that God is real. <laughs> and that God as a benevolent figure doesn't need money. So yeah. why would he write in this book that you need money? 
but that assumes that God is real. Now, if the Bible so happened to be made at a round table <laughs> to control people, then tithing makes fucking perfect sense. It does. Because if we're going to is it 15, 10 or 15%? I thought it was 10%. I don't remember. I don't remember. If we're going to control these people and the people who are going to be the controllers are going to be at the top of faith, wouldn't it be in our best interest to convince them that this doctrine <laughs> expects to give a taxable amount of your income? 10% tax is about, about normal. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that make sense? If it came from a round table, it makes sense. If it came from God, it don't. So I don't know. I don't know. One tenth. The tithe is one tenth. It's ten percent. I, I, you know, I've never understood that concept. And like again, it's like one of those situations. I, I used to try to have these conversations with my mom when I was younger because I really wanted to understand. It didn't make sense to me. And so what I found with her and a lot of other religious people is that when you start questioning them and they, they don't have an answer to your questions, they tell you that you're not to question God. But I'm not calling God. I'm not questioning God. He ain't come down here and tell me that I need to give you 10% of my money. You're telling me that that's what he want me to do. I'm asking you why you think that that's correct. And you can't tell me. So instead of you telling, saying that you don't know, you gonna act like I'm doing something wrong and asking these questions. Like, she got so angry. You don't question God. But I'm not, because he ain't here. Not here where I can see him and have this ask him. I can't ask him. Like, I'm asking you, because you're telling me that this is what I'm supposed to do. But why? It doesn't make sense. Money... Monetary gate that is an earthly thing. They ain't got nothing to do with him. What why would he what what benefit does that get come from or what does that give to him? If he's real and he did come up with the idea of tithing, why? I guess it would depend on what the Bible says his interpretation of tithing. his servants are. Because if his servants are the pastors then it would make sense for him to set up a system by which they don't have to sacrifice to be able to spread his word. But aren't you supposed to be, if you're a servant to God, then you do what you, what's necessary and what's needed. Plus you get, they like you have tithes and then you have offering. Like at every church I've ever gone to, they do two different things. You have where you tithe, but then they also ask for a separate offering where it's just you giving money. So it's not like the church don't make money. Like nobody could tithe and they would still make money because people give offerings because they send the plates The only around. people that give offerings is your mama and my mama. <laughs> and I'm giving you I'm giving you 10%. You can shake that how you want to shake it <laughs> when y'all get to the goddamn back room with the deacons. You can split that 10% in the tithes and offering. You can just make it tell you. I don't give a fuck. God know I gave my 10%. So whatever y'all do with it is y'all's goddamn business, okay? Like, that's how I've looked at it. We always, my mom will always, like when we were kids, she would always give us money on Sunday for church. And we would always get money for both the tithes and both the offerings. And you put money in both. And we were conditioned that, that you put money in both. So again, if nobody tithes, but everybody is still giving. And then I hate when they do love offers, when they have like a guest pastor 
Why he don't get what the pastor who didn't preach? Why he didn't get what he get usually? But see, most of the churches I went to never had the two separate ones. Most really? of the churches I went to, they had tithing envelopes. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't put the money in the envelope for your tithes, then everything else is just offering. Mm-hmm. Any money you put in the thing is all offering. We go around twice. Nah. <laughs> because I think the church wanted to know who the hell was paying. They had these little envelopes where you put your name on it, how much, <laughs> and and you put the money in it, and like they were opening them things up. Like, okay, Sister Jolene done gave her fifty dollars. Damn, she getting paid? Is this ten percent? What she make every week? What the fuck, Sister Jolene do? I don't know. We need to find out what Sister Jolene do because she could be hitting that offering up a little bit more. If she making fifty dollars, if she can pay fifty dollars a week in this goddamn tithing, <laughs> and they be trying to keep tabs on your ass at the churches I went to. We had envelopes. You had the tithe envelopes, but we still, and you put the tithe envelope in. The, but we, I can't remember what oh, it was. Tithes and offerings was one. But then we went around again because one set of times it would be the, the ushers that would be like, and then the other set of times it would be the stewards of the church that would be taking the money up. So it was two separate things. I can't remember what the other thing was called. And I don't have a program because I haven't been to church this year with my mom. So I don't think I have a program in my car. But I know that we went around two separate times. Like, you had to get up and walk around two separate times. No. And, and it, and again, it used to just, I just didn't understand, like, because right before that part, and, you know, the ceremony go the same way every, every Sunday, but right before that part, you know, the pastor get up and be talking about, you know, giving to God if you want him to, you know what I'm saying? And it's like guilting people. (laughs) It's like, you want your blessings, don't you? You cut this check. Like I, that whole concept to me completely goes against what religious people say that religion stands for. If I have to pay for my salvation monetarily, <laughs> like who can't buy their way into heaven? Like you know what I'm saying? Like that makes it seem like you can buy your way into heaven, but then people say you can't buy your way into heaven. Don't understand. It confuses. Well, me. prosperity gospel. Will indicate that you increase your chances of getting into heaven. <laughs> you don't buy your way into heaven. You increase your chances. It's like, it's like when you do a raffle and they say you can buy more than one ticket. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that. You increase your chance to win because statistically, you have a higher probability of being picked over somebody who just bought one ticket. That's how it works. I think. You know, except you don't. We don't know the system of how you even get into heaven. Yeah. You know what? I um I had to do a, a little group with some teenagers. And I always do this thing um called the cup and the key. It's an exercise. It's like a relational psychology exercise where, like, they have to describe something not knowing what that thing is supposed to represent. And then you interpret their description. So it's like a walk through. The, you walk through the forest, describe it kind of, kind of a thing. And one of the, the last pieces to it is that you are in this forest and you come up to a fence what does the fence look like can you see over it if you can see over it what do you see the fence itself is supposed to represent how you view death and what you can see over it is if you if you can't see over it then you have questions about the afterlife if you can see over it depending on what you see 
that determines what you feel about the afterlife. And I've had so many. A lot of people will have a fence that they can't see over. Um, sometimes it'll be, you know, this really peaceful unicorns and shit on the other side. I've had people, it was scary on the other side. Um, and so just the the different ways that people look at death are interesting in the afterlife even when you've been told something specific you still have questions because who the fuck knows ain't nobody been over there and came back <laughs> and said hey this is what it's like <laughs> this is what this is what you got to look forward to or it's nothing you just die and that's it I you know I don't know I want to come back there was a so we we also played this card game. It was like kind of a would you rather do this the, or that question. And so they had there was one that I remember that was would you rather live a thousand years straight through or come back ten times a hundred years apiece. So live for a thousand years straight through or live ten times and make it to a hundred. It depends. It depends. I would never want to do the live straight through the a thousand years because you constantly gonna be losing people having to create new foundation because ain't nobody else gonna be living for that long. So like everybody you know gonna die, you are gonna have to just keep starting the fuck over. If mean? I die and start over, everybody gonna be starting over with me. Well, let me just say this: whether I choose a thousand years depends on if I still get old as hell at seventy. Like if I gotta spend nine hundred and thirty-two years fucking on a cane and shitting in a bag, hell, fuck no. I would assume it would it would spread it would be out. relational. Yeah, it would be relational. It would spread out the same way as a regular life. But again, when you're a hundred, because you finna live nine hundred more years, the niggas you know that are hundred gonna be dying or dead. <laughs> like everybody, you're gonna lose continuously lose everybody that you love all the time. I wouldn't want to deal with it. I would rather die and come back and start again 10 times than to just live straight through it. I'm about to spoil a whole ass movie for everybody that I still think is worth a watch. What movie is that? It's called The Man from Earth. Okay, let's see. It's a movie about this man who, and it's not no actors, the dude from, who played Candyman is in it. But it's a I'm movie sure. about this man who was a professor, and he's about to move on to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they decide to do this retreat at a cabin before he moves on. Mm -hmm. You know, and so uh, they're helping him put his stuff in the cabin and stuff, and the. Uh, the history professor is like this looks you know this looks like an authentic arrowhead like where did you get this and this looks like a, a genuine van gogh painting is what the art teacher said mm -hmm. and it turns out that he's lived forever oh but every time people start to notice that he doesn't age he mm -hmm. moves on but he decided to do an experiment this time he decided to tell this group of people mm -hmm. he'd been moving on for centuries and not mm -hmm. telling anybody just getting out of there he decided to do an experiment and tell these people and the whole show centers around all of them asking questions 
from culturally relevant times in the past mm -hmm. and him answering those questions because he was there. He was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was some significant people from the past. I won't spoil that part because I still think it's worth a watch. Mm -hmm. But they start asking him very specific questions about those people that he said he was mm -hmm. in those times that, that passed by. And it's a twist at the end and it's real good. But, you know, it, it made me that question made me think it would that like that kind of life be the kind of life I want to live with that thousand years and a hundred. I really think I would rather do the thousand years. I think that I would be able to amass so much more knowledge and so much more wealth and yeah. have a more valuable like after like after a hundred years pass. If you ain't found out how to be rich and position yourself to be in a good ass spot, then you I I, I would rather live those nine hundred years in in whatever kind of life I like even I if I have to lose those people because you, I just hate to get I don't want to get my life seven times <laughs> <laughs> okay I, my life ain't bad but goddamn, it's under mediocre it's under average you know what I'm saying like my life is just a regular life like I ain't it ain't fucked up it ain't superb it's just I got a normal level of fucked up shit going on like everybody else I feel like I would rather roll the dice and hopefully get out of the 10 times, hopefully like get seven good ones. Cause again, I just, I could like, you're going to lose your spouses. If you get married, any kids, you, you're going to watch everybody you love die continuously, like all the time. I just wouldn't want to have to go through that. Cause what would happen is I know me, I would just stop fucking with people. Like I would have no friend. Cause I don't want to lose nobody else. Like there would become a point probably by year 200, where I would be a rich hermit, not fucking with nobody because I don't, you gonna die, I'm gonna still be here. Like I wouldn't, I would, it would stop me from making friendships. It would stop me from making connections with people because y'all just gonna die. I still got another 800 years in this bitch. I'd be okay with it. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't be able to do that. I would take the 100 years 10 times each and like Would you remember each life? I don't know. Does that make a difference in your choice? Like if you came back the next life, you remember the old one, and it was a great life before, and this one shitty. No, not even that. I mean, just having the knowledge from the last life you that had. Would be, I would, I would prefer that. That I would be able to maintain everything that I gained that first hundred years to use. For the I don't know. I think years. that would defeat the purpose of having the choice. No, because again, it's still a situation where you're either going to live straight through, or have an opportunity to. Re you, I, I'll be a but whole I think the drawback I think they both have to have drawbacks clearly the drawback of the thousand years is that you're going to see people die like hell the drawback of the hundred to hundred to hundred is that you're you, you going to lose everything you amassed in that one to the next one and that you don't know what kind of a life you're going to make next time like there's going to always be a question of <laughs> How are you gonna start? I could be born. I could be born black the first time, and I could be born a little rich white kid to say. You know what I'm saying? It could be vastly different because it, I don't have to come back as exactly what I look like now. Wait, so, are you guaranteed that hundred years, mm -hmm. or do you only get ten times to live? Because if you got them, because you get hit equal, by a car when you a toddler, goddamn, <laughs> it has to equal a thousand years for it to be fair so if you die so really you get about 13 or 14 lifetimes if we go by average lifespan yeah most people don't live to be 100 yeah, yeah. 
Okay, that's different. That's but that's still, so many more. But you're still by the time you get to be sixty seven, and your body start breaking down. So you got to keep that in mind because from seventy to a hundred, you ain't finna be out here like ball, like doing a bunch of craziness because your body. Can be I don't know, down. man. I feel like it's loopholes in that system. <laughs> I feel like I commit suicide when my dick start working. <laughs> Come right back. Yeah, it wouldn't be good for me to know that I could come back. It, I need to you forget. Need the I need to believe years. that I'm gonna die, and not coming back. Cause yeah, you need the thousand. I'm gonna be years. like, oh, I'm old, jumping off the bridge. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> I would take the ten lifetimes. I wouldn't take a thousand. I'll take the thousand motherfucking years. <laughs> Fuck that. Y'all, let us know which one would y'all do if you could live either live a thousand years straight through and it was relative to how you age now so like you wouldn't be a hundred and be uh, living terribly for the next 900 years it would be relative or would you rather have 10 lifetimes where you die and come back and get to like do different shit well enough lifetimes to equal a thousand years because that's more than 10 lifetimes it is yeah because most people don't live to be a hundred so yeah so I'll just be curious to know and so I did this with teenagers and um, a lot of them said that they would rather have the 10 lifetimes just because they wouldn't the same thing they didn't want to lose people they didn't want to lose people that they keep losing people that they loved and like they friends and shit they also caught up on losing people what's the matter with you 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 monster you gonna lose people every one of them goddamn lifetimes too. I will, but I I won't have to live. I won't have to love somebody and at year one hundred lose them and then have to go nine hundred goddamn more years without that particular person and keep having that happen over and over again. When I love somebody and I'm gonna die at a hundred, I'm gonna die and start over. That's it. It's cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna be here and they're gonna be gone for like a long ass. I hope I time. get to choose my. I would like to choose my parameters for the thousand years too. What do you mean? I like to choose like, like I don't want to live a thousand years if I got like a micro penis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's garbage. Yeah. If I'm gonna have a micro penis for a thousand years, I'd rather take ten lifetimes where I, at least half of the time I can get a big meat. <laughs> I don't know big meat percentages. <laughs> at least average or above. Listen, I deal with average. So you know, I watched. Uh, I have the whole series of Twilight Zone and there was actually a Twilight Zone episode kind of about this where this guy was granted the ability to uh, live forever and so because and, and he wasn't going to be able to die and so because of that he took it as he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to do but what ended up happening is <laughs> he ended up getting locked up and getting life Wow! <laughs> and so, because he couldn't die, life for him is for he was never getting out. Like he was never getting out of. Prison. Well, that's a misconception on life in prison. What? Because life in prison is still a certain amount of years. Not necessarily. Like life. So the reason why it varies is because they you have to be they they have to let you um. You gotta, you have all them appeals and shit. But if you get life, that's you die there. No, you don't. Life, yeah. not not twenty five to life. I mean a life sentence. No, but that's why people, that's why people end up serving consecutive life sentences. Oh, because life is a certain amount of numbers, and they all, they, I mean, they make it to where clearly you're gonna die in jail on average. Yeah. But it is a specific number. Oh. So if you fucking an immortal, if you not if you, if you're an immortal. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, you're gonna get out at some point if we if we use the traditional standards. Of yeah, what life is, but that's how, like people be getting like five and six consecutive life sentences. Yeah, I don't know why they do that shit. I was like, well, just in case this nigga <laughs> live for 300, like Moses, we got to make sure that we got our bases covered because we don't want his murderous ass getting out when he 279 when we thought he was going to die at 82. I can't remember if he made a deal with the devil or if it was like a genie type thing. I don't remember how he came across the immortality, but he misused the fuck out of that shit and ended up in prison and they gave him a life sentence and so then he was like what the fuck like what are you gonna do <laughs> twilight zone was ruthless man it was it had these it had such deep difficult moral dilemmas dead. you know like the one where this dude everybody died and his wife wouldn't let him read nothing the newspapers are shit she was like you can't read shut the fuck up yep. you ain't reading shit and he go to sleep and he wake up and everybody in the world dead. Except from, for him. Except for him. And the library somehow, like I saw something people talking about that particular episode here recently and they were like, the whole fucking world get blown up but the library is the shit that's standing. <laughs> <laughs> the library was still standing and he could read. He could finally read and when he bent down to pick up a book, his glasses dropped and broke. Them shits. And he was like, there were finally time. There was finally time. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah, he couldn't read now. Yep. Well, I mean, I feel like if he he, you know, I well, if I take my contacts out right now, I can read, but that shit gonna be right up my fucking face. Like I'm not blind. I can read, but I'm gonna have to have it like touching my nose for me to see the shit. Well, he ain't even gonna be able to get home. Goddamn. Shit, yeah, because he, he was in like a he no he wasn't at home he was like at the bank that's why he didn't he was like I think in a um maybe in a vault or something is yeah. why he didn't get killed so his home probably blowing the fuck up too. There was another episode where this uh, gangster like he dies and he thinks he's in heaven because everything he wants he gets so. Um, like anything he wants, like he can go rob banks, and so like there's no, you know how when you, there's that element of of uh, shit not gonna work out. That's why, or you never know that element of not knowing that was removed, and so he loved it at first. He, you know, he had women coming over all the time and all of this shit, and he had this who he thought was a guardian angel that was like, you know, he would call him up and he would give him whatever he wanted. Well, come to find out. <laughs> He was in hell. He wasn't in heaven. And that was what the the hell part of it was that he would never really be able to like commit another crime for real because it was gonna always work out in his favor. And that he was so upset. He was like, Who told you you was in heaven? Because <laughs> he was like, What kind of heaven is this? He was like, I never said you was in heaven, my nigga. Where you get that from? Who told you that? <laughs> Did nobody say that shit? You assumed. <laughs> Pastor Troy got a song called Eternal Yard Dash. Okay. It's on his second album, I think. And uh, the song, he told a lot of stories with his songs. Mm -hmm. And this song was about him dying and going to heaven. And this how the line, this how the song goes. This heaven, where the streets of gold and why the hell is the AC off? <laughs> where the fuck are the loved ones that I lost? Fuck this shit, take me to the boss. 
<laughs> I'm like that, like that shit. Nigga, I was like, hell. nigga, you ain't in heaven. <laughs> you fucked up. It reminded me of that. I found that it was Pastor Kearney Thomas. I don't know if you ever see that those infomercials with him in that prayer cloth. He would be like yelling. Um, let me see. I found a video. Let me see if it'll play. That's what he That's what he do. do. He would like scream. So like people would call in and he would talk. This is like a compilation. I mean, you're going to hell right now. And you're needing God to work the miracle. You know pastors stay doing that shit. And he had this uh, prayer cloth that he like the prayer cloth was expensive as fuck. I don't even remember. I'm, I don't even think he had. Oh, wait, he still got a website. And uh, he would be telling you that you needed to get that prayer cloth. You know, order my prayer cloth. And um, let me see if he still has. If you can still order his prayer cloth. <laughs> Let me be your prophet of prayer. Click the prayer button below. Let's see where that takes me to. Put your information in. Oh, you have to sign up. I ain't I'm not going to do that because I feel like <laughs> if I had a burner email, I would <laughs> just to see what kind of shit he sends. But I ain't going to fuck up my um fuck up my 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 email like that. So Man, no, I ain't I'm that nigga. And he he all like all of his every infomercial that he did. I was in college. It was like so. This is like early two thousands. Um, it would be like that. Like he would be screaming and yelling and talking about getting a prayer cloth. And he would people would be calling in telling them their problems and what they have going on. And that would be him talking to those people. But he would always say, "And God, like all this." <laughs> he would always do that. <laughs> <laughs> Same damn time. Um, but yeah, um, I just thought that that was funny. And so, if you watch Philo Follow, what I don't know if it was the specific channel that I was watching, but I haven't seen one of those kind of them those uh, televangelist kind of commercials in forever. And I didn't even know they still did the commercials. So. That was just I saw that and I was like I gotta talk about this shit on the show because this motherfucker talking about this miracle spring water, <laughs> which he probably go and just get faucet water and send it to people. Y'all out here getting faucet water? He probably skeet skeet in it a little bit. Why? Why not? What's the matter with you? What you mean? <laughs> Why would he do that? Enough it tastes just like water, but he know. <laughs> he know. He know in that big old fifty gallon batch. Or water that they had put in these bottles, he just skeeted over the top of it and let it mix in, and you ain't gonna tell the difference. But he know, he know you drinking his semen water. That's disgusting. It's a fetish. Anyway, that's all. I just wanted to like bring up Mister Peter Papa. First of all, that name, like I don't. Wikipedia didn't say that that wasn't his real name. That's just the real. This uh, German shit. Peter Popoff. That's a German name. 
Right. It ain't I pronounced guess. like we say it. Like it's not pop off. Like pop off. Pop off. Oh yeah, I'm probably shit. putting the wrong emphasis. Yeah. Eh. Anyhow, yeah. If y'all have a like Popovich. Oh like okay. That. Yeah. Um please answer the question about whether you want to live to be just live a thousand years straight through or come have ten lifetimes. Um and any other questions that you would like to send to us, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and send it to us that way. We are also still taking questions about Leon and his swinging lifestyle. So if there's some questions you've already always wanted to know about swinging, now is the time. Conversationconartist at gmail.com. Yep. Um, what you got? What do I have? Um... <laughs> I'm not gonna I was gonna I'm not gonna talk about my brother I was going to but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice for be once nice um so <laughs> a Chicago mom was charged with a felony after allegedly stealing Taraj P's identity <laughs> stealing who? Taraj Taraj P. Henson oh Oh, does she look like her? Not really, no. She must try to do this with white people. And she's pregnant. A pregnant mother of six is now fighting a felony charge after prosecutors accused her of stealing the identities of several people. Oh, one just her, including Taraji P. Henson. How she steal their identities? Twenty-nine-year-old Alicia Newby has been charged with a single felony count of continuing a financial crime enterprise. Prosecutors say Alicia somehow hacked Taraji's email, racking up $12,000 in fraudulent charges. <laughs> Is that rain? I knew it was yes. going to start fucking raining. Uh, once this was done, the defendant then raided the account for a variety of information, says the assistant state attorney, James Costello. He asked Alicia assess Taraji's phone numbers, addresses, financial accounts, and telephone numbers that she could use to purchase items online. <laughs> you get all that out to somebody email? Yeah. I guess yeah. 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 It's it's <laughs> if you get into my email, if you put in the word password, mm-hmm. you'll find about three recovered passwords oh, that they yeah. sent in the email. True. I didn't think about that. It's to things like rapidgator.net, which is, you know what the hell is rapidgator.net? It's an online file hosting service. <laughs> People upload files to it and then you click the link and download the files fast. So that's kind of how I download all of my pirated software. Oh, okay. And my movies and my TV shows and my porn. <laughs> Could have left that last part out, but all right. I'm just being um honest. Yeah. Well, I didn't so I would I would just think that like celebrities would be like a little bit more on top of their like no, security. Why, why do you think so? I don't know because they have more to lose. Because listen, she could have hacked into my shit and she wouldn't have been able to rack up no twelve thousand dollars in charges. She'd have been disappointed as a motherfucker. Twelve thousand dollars ain't shit to Taraji. <laughs> but I'm saying, still, it could have been more if she hadn't got caught. She again. Her hacking into somebody like me, she wasn't going to get much. She might have been able to get some diapers for this she new gonna baby. She's going to fuck your life up. She's going to steal your identity and try to get a house in your damn name. She ain't going to do it. It ain't going to happen. 
That's what happened to my cousin, man. Somebody <laughs> tried to get a house in his name. He got $150,000 on his credit report. God damn. And he's been disputing for the last eight years. Jesus. $150,000? Yep. That's ugly. People ain't shit. The system is fucked up. Well, I guess she said she's 29 with six kids and one on the way. She got to take care of, you know, figure out a way to. Well, <laughs> how's the fuck that going to work out for you? <laughs> Your ass finna go to jail. And now who finna take care of these six kids? Probably the system. The state. Yeah. Barely. Probably so. Cause the state be tripping. Indeed they do. What are we talking about first on my shit? I don't know. I guess if we gonna talk about hood ass black mamas. <laughs> this New York woman is facing charges for burglarizing the homes of people while they were attending funerals. That is the, you talk about somebody who gonna end up in hell. What kind of shit is that? You burglarizing people while they burying their loved ones, bro? That is so fucking rude. <laughs> Latanya Shalisha Stewart. Latanya Shalisha Stewart is facing twenty-two criminal charges, including burglary, grand larceny, criminal possession of stolen property, petty larceny, criminal mischief, possessions of burglars' tools, and three motor vehicle violations. That is fucking evil. That shit's diabolical as fuck. So she sits around looking at obituaries to see when these dates of these funerals are. Yes. Finds out the the people in the obituary that's listed as family members. Yes. Find out where they live and rob their shit when she knows. Go rob their ass. That's yes. so fucked up, man. That is ingenious. It's you have to be evil. That's an evil ingenious idea. To think like, when is it? When I, when would I be the most safe breaking into people's shit? When them niggas is at a funeral. I mean, because everybody in the house gonna go to the funeral. They lost a loved one. It won't hurt to lose some of your <laughs> valued possessions <laughs> as much. That is awful. People are sh- uh, people are the fucking worst. You hear me? The let worst. Me, let me add on to that. All right, this comes at a time. When Elijah Cummings' Baltimore home was burglarized the same day that Trump started talking shit about him, do we think that these two things are are separated? No, I'm sure there's a connection. These whole ass motherfuckers <laughs> went and found Elijah Cummings' address after Trump started talking shit, and they did Trump's dirty work. And Trump act like it ain't got shit to do with him. Oh no, because he didn't tell them to go and do that. He didn't say that they needed to go. Bro- like that's what pisses me off. It's like you know, like it's some stuff that don't need to be said. We talk about this all the time about people don't have to say hello. I'm a racist. I'm a part of the Klan. I hate black people. Like you don't. They don't have to do that for you to know that's how they fucking feel. <laughs> like. And so I don't need direct words coming from his mouth saying that for me to like put that shit together. The shit, and this is why I, at this point where we are with this upcoming election, I don't even really talk to people about this shit no more because I feel like anybody who right now is able to make any kind of an effort to take up for Donald Trump at this point, I don't give a fuck about your opinion. I just don't. I mean, you can feel that way and cool for you, but I'm not going to waste my time debating it. I just, I just, I can't. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just don't even get involved with conversations like this no more. Like, if I hear somebody saying that people are being hard on Trump or some shit like that, okay. Like, I, I completely check the fuck out of it. 
that point because it's like cool you can feel that way because you're entitled to feel however the fuck you want to feel but i'm entitled to not listen to this motherfucking shit so i don't i check out that's where i'm at that's where i've arrived to for this upcoming 2020 election now how are you going to be prepared to vote for who you need to vote for in order for us to get this motherfucker out of here i didn't say that i'm not paying any attention to the options that i have i said i'm just not having conversations with people who feel like folks are being hard on trump like those people i'm not trying to because one if you feel that way at this juncture with all of this shit that has happened ain't nothing i'm gonna say that's gonna make any difference and maybe it will maybe it won't i'm not gonna try honestly i'm just not i'm not i'm gonna make sure that i can make as a form of a decision as i can and then let everybody else do the same because at this point i just feel like it has been so overt it's so ridiculous that it's like what i'm not gonna go back and forth with you about this shit i'm not if you feel that way cool you're entitled to feel that way you you know and and i'm entitled to disagree and that's what it is because i just i can't i can't let's talk about the debates then okay the debates happened they did again Mm -hmm. and uh bruh CNN was asking questions so ruthless. I don't know if you saw my Facebook status. My yes, because people thought that they actually were saying what you said. <laughs> one of them did. <laughs> my status said, um, Democratic debate question samples. Um, Senator Harris, Joe Biden said that your health plan ain't shit and it won't even cover your mama's alopecia treatments. <laughs> Please respond. That's literally what they were doing all night. They were basically saying, and they did one thing. They said, you inferred that there were people up here on the panel that have plans that aren't going to work. Who are those people? (laughs) They was asking that shit all night. And I know the rhetoric for since the last debate was that Joe Biden got roasted by Kamala Harris. So Mm -hmm. he was going to be tougher and everybody was going to be tougher. It's like they crafted the questions around trying to figure out how to make that shit how to make it tough like ratings if they not gonna goddamn more serve people. each other <laughs> we're gonna create goddamn you somebody getting served in this bitch tonight <laughs> is what cnn said <laughs> and so more people watch it though the more um what's the word but they didn't have to frame the questions that way they didn't but it, it's a good way to have a lot of aggression happening to where people are going to be like did you see the debate them niggas was and going Corey crazy booker, man cory booker was the winner of this of this one i don't think he gonna win <laughs> but he came out at joe because joe biden what joe biden do during the debates is joe biden when they ask him a question about some bullshit, he say, well, President Obama, and I didn't have any control. And then when they ask him about some good shit, he be like, well, I helped decision. <laughs> and Cory Booker was like, Joe, you can't have it both ways, sir. You can't evoke Obama's name as a scapegoat for when you don't like the question but when you know use obama to your benefit when it's a question like you can't hinge on your policies you using his name more than anybody and he kept telling and joe biden kept dodging the question about the 94 crime bill 
And Corey Booker, which I think this moment was why he won, he came out and said, Joe. Well, first off, let me tell you what he said. He said, Joe, because he kept telling Corey, he said, in Newark, you were a bad uh, governor because your goddamn city, the crime was shit. Mm -hmm. And we had to get involved in your criminal system and yada, yada, yada. Corey Booker said, Mr. Biden, there's a phrase in my community. You dipping off into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. And I was like, no, Corey. He never needs to say that again. Why did you do that? Never. And so he (laughs) clarified a bunch of shit and then he said, but the reality is you're not taking ownership of this bill that you did that caused problems in my community. You know, and the reality is it was some good shit in the 94 crime bill. It was a lot of black Democrats and Republicans that wanted the 94 crime bill. It's a lot of people. It's one of those things where you didn't know the systems that implemented this was going to use it to the point that it fucked up a whole community. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden needs to acknowledge that. He keeps trying to avoid taking accountability for that and not focusing on his role in it. But um, but also was just going to say the way that candidates qualify for the next debate is based on polling numbers and donations. So if they get enough donations, they're in. And if they poll high enough, they're in. If they don't, they're not. Mm. These are the people who are in right now for the September debates for the Democrats. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mayor Pete, Amy Klobuchar, Beto, uh, Beto O'Rourke, and I is one more. I can't think of them. It's probably another big one that I'm missing. Um, but it's like eight of them right now. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see if the other ones get there. Another one, somebody who became an internet darling, yeah, I don't want to put it, is Marianne Williamson, the crazy lady. She basically said there's dark psychic forces that's fucking up our <laughs> country at the debate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she said it in the context Jesus. of some other shit, it but people like her and she has some of the best responses regarding race. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this shit develop, but don't sleep on this process. Y'all man, Just research who you want to vote for. Don't vote for the people vote for what you fucking believe in. You know, we get so caught up on the people, but all these people have a belief system that you need to apply. How do you feel about guns? Okay, ain't no Democrat going to cater to your shit about guns if you're a gun advocate and a gun owner. Uh, what about how you believe about the education system? What do we need to do educate? Like all of these people have platforms and have change that they want to implement. And let's be honest. None of them are going to fucking do everything that they're saying they're going to do. I don't know why people even use that as exclusionary criteria when it comes to politicians. Well, you made all these promises and you who the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Ain't no politician in goddamn history ever made every promise that they said they was going to make. So why would people use that? When you campaign, you campaign for your platform exclusively. And when you become the president, you're going to be fighting against another side to get that agenda done. Clearly, you're not going to make all your promises. I just don't understand why that becomes a 
a, a point to where people start saying, well, you didn't make all your promises, so Obama didn't reach all of his promises, so yeah, he had a Congress that said that he they weren't going to let him do shit. But people be measuring it by that, and it, it's irritating. But uh, either way, that's the debate. You can go ahead. Florida woman. Florida woman and Florida man is still so funny to me. But Florida woman reportedly bites off boyfriend's thumb during an argument and leaves it on the floor. <laughs> she like bit that shit off. Um, Damn. You know how long you had to bite somebody for that shit to happen? Like, oh my goodness. 39-year-old Yesenia Cassiano from Lutz, Florida, and her boyfriend got into an altercation that resulted in Cassiano biting off a large portion of the victim's thumb, leaving it lying on the floor. In addition to willfully and intentionally biting the victim's thumb, Cassiano is also accused of physically attacking the father of one of her children with a cl- with closed fists <laughs> and kicking him in the stomach. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Why? Because she was clearly on meth. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to bite through a whole human's finger. According to the local media outlets, the fight between the couple happened in front of several children. Those children actually pointed out the victim's thumb to police when they arrived on the scene. His thumb over there! She bit his thumb off! You see his thumb over there? How ah! You really, really have to bite somebody hard to bite off an appendage. Like, it's... You gotta bite through bone, bro. Yeah! Ugh. That's meth. That's meth talking. <laughs> and then the fact that they said that she was hitting people with closed fists. <laughs> Not just with her fists, with closed fists. Like, she was boxing. <laughs> she got to be a, yeah, some kind of drug, something. I wonder if they could attach his finger back. His thumb. In enough time. They can in enough time. Shit, your goddamn when something happened to you, your body started trying to heal that shit. But like, think about all of the bacteria in like human beings' mouths and like her biting his finger and him being exposed to all of that. Cause oh, there was I didn't save this story, but there was a story about this white lady who lost all of her limbs because her dog licked her in the mouth. And apparently there's some bacteria that dogs carry that it's only a very, very, and this made me so mad because the people under the comments, this is why y'all need to be doing this with your dogs and you be letting them lick you. It's a very small percentage of people that would respond to that particular bacteria the way that she did. So much so that when she first got sick, the doctors didn't even know the fuck was going on. And so they didn't figure out what it was until she had lost both arms and both legs. Damn. So like having a cut and some like people's mouths, dogs' mouths, people's mouths are gross. Like there's a lot of bacteria in your mouth, so I can't even imagine what his thumb was exposed to being bitten off by that meth mouth. <laughs> Ain't no telling. He'll be alright. He'll be alright without his thumb. Hell. Thumbs are really useful. Thumbs are why we can like. They are useful, but if you make a decision to be with somebody who would bite your thumb (laughs) off, you might not even deserve your fucking thumb. Your thumb need to be gone. You need to learn lessons. You need to make better decisions. (laughs) 
You put yourself in that position. My thumb ain't gone. You know why? Because I don't put myself around crazy ass motherfuckers hopped up off a of mouth that will bite them off. He made that decision. Okay. Maybe she wasn't on meth when they got together. You know, sometimes people develop drug habits when you get with them. Listen, if anybody I'm with develop a drug habit, shit's over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Taking the kid too. DHR is coming to take your goddamn kid <laughs> if you don't want to give them up peacefully. Because I'm going to call DHR and say, I left her. She's smoking meth. Go into the house. Look under the vent. <laughs> In the living room, gonna find a bag of that shit. Call me and let me know when to come pick up my child. <laughs> I mean, that's fucked up, but you ain't finna be doing no drugs in my life with with no kid around. Especially like meth, meth. Them folks lose their fucking minds. Like there are certain drugs where people, like I don't know that I've ever seen. Like there are people, there are functioning coke addicts. You know what I'm saying? Like CEOs of big companies, a lot of times will have. Is there something as a functioning meth addict though? No, because meth is unpredictable. <laughs> we know what cocaine do to the body. Okay, cocaine is upper. It fucking juice you up. Woo! <laughs> when that shit gone, you're like, oh damn, let me get back to work. <laughs> meth. I don't nobody know what the fuck meth doing to your body and your brain. You know, and then she in Florida. She might be fucking with some Kratom or some K2 oh, or some of that other shit. Yeah. It might not even be meth for real. In Florida, meth is the best case scenario. Florida ain't shit. How did Florida become so ain't shit? Like it's just, I just... It's the swamps, man. <laughs> it is the swamps. Florida has so much shit going on. And like, it's so funny. Like when you tell somebody a crazy story, they be like, what? And you said, well, it was in Florida. They be like, oh. Like it's just like an immediate like oh okay it was in Florida that makes sense because it's Florida, like all the crazy wild shit happens in Florida. It's the swamps, man. I guess can't live nowhere surrounded by swamps and think you're gonna be all right. Snakes and cotton mouths and alligators <laughs> and shit. It's a dangerous place. You need coping mechanisms in that motherfucker, man. Kratom is the coping mechanism. Yeah, if you got a coat. Whatever substance you can get your hands on that's cheap. I wonder if she bit it off at the bend or did she take bit bite it off at the joint down here? I don't know, man. Because at the bend, I mean, he might still be able to do something. I feel like if somebody, I feel like if somebody tried to bite my whole thumb off, I just claw their whole face and pull the goddamn thing out. <laughs> I feel like it had to be like the bend. At the bend. Yeah, yeah. like in the middle of the thumb. Well, and like so. There's like cartilage and stuff. So it's like you, when you, if somebody bites or gets something broken off at one of the ben, at one of the um, joints, you're not necessarily having to go through bone because the shit that's holding that together is car. You have to bite through cartilage and shit now. You got to bite through them tendons <laughs> to get to that shit. But at the bend, you don't have to bite through bone because they're not connect. It's not like a your th- your fingers aren't full bones. It's like three bones in the fingers and two in the thumb so she might have bit it at the bend and just had to bite through them tendons and cartilage and shit that be at the bend mm, mm, <laughs> either way that's too much bitches be crazy <laughs> yeah can't put it past nothing <laughs> let's talk about these shootings man man where these shootings took place california and texas california and texas mm-hmm. two in california I think so. The garlic yeah, festival. The garlic festival was in California. In California. The Walmart was in Texas. 
And Walmart I don't, was in El Paso. And um, there was another one. It's been four recent shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we could get into the details about the shooting or what a garlic festival shooting. First off, how the fuck you get shot at a garlic festival? I mean, we a you can get shot anywhere. Festival. I know, but like, if <laughs> you out celebrating garlic, <laughs> if you can't celebrate garlic and be safe, I mean, exactly, it's garlic. It's garlic. Uh, I, first of all, I didn't even know they had festivals some, that were. For spices and like herbs, festival for everything. Yeah. <laughs> garlic ain't even one of my favorite um, things to use. You have to be careful with garlic. Garlic mouth. So, what do we do as a society? You having the same conversation we've been having? And what do we do? Do we get rid of guns? That's what I was gonna. Okay, so. <laughs> That leads me into this show that I started watching on Netflix. It's a Canadian version of Cops. Okay. You know, can, can, uh, Canada has a whole lot more strict gun um, laws. And, and so the difference between watching, it's called You're Under Arrest. It's on Netflix. Between watching that and Cops is that the people in Canada... <laughs> It's like stupid shit. Like they'll have knives and like uh, somebody had like a sword and like, like it's like because they don't have the access. It, it, their country isn't overrun with guns like ours is. So even watching their version of cops is very different from watching America's version of cops because of the difference. We will never get rid of guns here because the Second Amendment folks. They're not gonna allow that, like, and the NRA isn't gonna allow it, like, it's it, because the thing is, if if a shooting was gonna be the catalyst for change, we'd have had plenty of them. Yeah, we'd have had kids dying, grown folks, gay them. people. It's been all anybody that is in a group in America has been killed in a mass shooting at some point. So, you know, if a shooting was gonna be the thing, it would have been happening. I don't know that there ever is anything that is going to ever, you know, change the way guns are viewed in this country. I just don't. Like, we done had so many tragic things. Like I said, even kids, school shooters, babies, you know what I'm saying? Like, that don't rock shit. Like, it's, we talk about it right when it happens, and then shit goes right back to how it was. And people still out here buying AK-47s. And we just wait till the next shooting for everybody to be talking about this again till it dies down. And it, it just is a re- wash, rinse, and repeat. Is this a situation where we need to arm ourselves? Like the black community is deeply underarmed. And if this stuff happened around us, then we're going to pay a bigger price than a white community. Should we arm ourselves for the sake of... of, of comfort and security and the I idea mean, that this shit you happens. would literally have to carry a gun with you everywhere you go but you can if you get the right license people at the garlic festival i'm sure did not think or like the the fucking el paso was a walmart like you would literally have to take it with you every single place that you were to have it on you for it to be useful in a situation because like these aren't like home invasions and shit you know what i'm saying like this is you out just living your life doing regular shit and some fool come in and decide to spray up the garlic festival 
I mean, and so it'll be like me being at Pepper Place. Yeah. Uh, which is a farmer's market here, local farmer's market, and being like, hmm, which basket of peaches I want? <laughs> and I'm just standing there. And next thing you know, I look up and there's an AK-47 in my face about to be sprayed. Yep. I ain't got time to pull my weapon. I mean, and, and then, with, with that high stress situation, how do I know I'm even going to be able to shoot that person? And I have had debates with gun enthusiasts about this. Everybody thinks for some reason that they going to be a fucking sharpshooter in these situations. Like everybody who always like it debates with me about guns and having your gun on you and how if somebody had a, had a gun in these situations, they could have killed. Yeah, potentially. Or a whole lot more people could have got hurt because while John over here trying to save everybody shooting, trying to shoot at a moving fucking target when he's not a trained shoot, he's just shooting trying to hit the man. And he hit, could be hitting innocent people. I don't think more guns in a gunfight. <laughs> and then you ain't taking into consideration the motherfucker that just walked in might be on some John Wick shit. Yeah. You never know. Now I have a shotgun, a pistol, <laughs> and an AK-47 <laughs> ready to go. Like, people always think that if they have their gun on them that they're going to just, like, take them down. And it's not... First of all, you're not... that that you're The expectation... You don't have the expectation when you go into a place that that's going to happen. Adrenaline and all of that. Like, you might not even remember you have your gun on you in a high-stress situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might become so stressed that that's not even something you think about. So just having people with guns in the midst of these crowds of people shooting at the shooter, I, when it's chaotic, because once gunfire starts happening, everybody starts running. It's chaotic. It is a chaotic scene. And so you trying to shoot between all these moving targets, this one moving target. that You know what I'm saying? Like just, The only way that shit going to work, because I saw the picture of the Walmart shooter walking into Walmart, and he had a gun in his hand oh, yeah. and his little glasses on. The only way that'll work is if you walking in behind him and, see that shit, and you see that shit like, and you carry <laughs> and when as soon as he put that gun up you take yours out and just pop him in the back twice but if you think you're going to be in the middle of being shot at trying to protect your family you're going to stand straight up while everybody moving and aim at him and you think he ain't going to put that pistol at you or that gun at you you on the ground now shaking like oh I want to be a hero like that ain't how you saw the shit going down, bro. But and that's how it's going to go down. Most people buy guns, have them. They don't go to the gun range. They not practicing. You just got a gun with bullets in it, bro. You are not. Like, police, military, they are trained to use these guns in the most effective way possible. You simply owning one don't turn you into John Wick out here. It don't. And so if you have a gun and you never go to the gun range, you never utilize that gun, you just carry it on you all the time. When something happens, I don't know why you think you're just going to turn into this fucking superhero all of us. I don't get it. Well, How do you think that? Let's have this conversation too, though, because let's clear up some shit about these guns, okay? Every goddamn gun that ain't automatic is semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. Pistols are semi-automatic, Right. What that means is that for every trigger pull, a bullet comes out. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. That's how it works. People keep saying we need to ban the AR-15, right? Um, and assault-style weapons. Mm-hmm. AR means Armalite. It's just the brand name of a particular oh, type of... What about AK? Is that another brand? 
I, I don't wonder. I don't know if AK is a brand or not, but AK uh, AK forty seven is a uh, automatic gun. You're not supposed to have that anyway. Yeah. You know, but a AR fifteen is a rifle. It's a semi automatic rifle. Means one trigger pull full. So a lot of people, when people start saying we need to ban AR fifteen and assault type rifles, they bring out this argument where they say. What is an AR-15? What is an assault-style weapon? All weapons are semi-automatic. Okay, I understand that. And most mass shootings are pulled off with handguns. I think that's because handguns are a lot easier to access than AR-15s and other rifles, Mm -hmm. other semi-automatic rifles, okay? But the reality is you can't tell me that the Army choose these types of semi-automatic weapons for particular reasons ease of access ease of use it's something you can hang around your whole body that's right there like a guitar that's the reason guitars are set up like that because it's easy for you to get your hands to where they need to be to use it they can have attachments on them that make them easier to shoot they have attachments on them that make the kickback less like you're not going to sit here and say that handguns and ar-15s are the exact same thing because they are semi-automatic weapons you, you, you can't there is a reason that these guns are the tools of choice when it comes to higher level motherfucking murdering all right and we you can have that whole debate about what a semi-automatic weapon is if you ban an ar-15 then why not ban handguns because they are semi-automatic but there's a difference between a fucking handgun and between a goddamn semi-automatic high-level rifle okay even down to the fact that you can add attachments to semi-automatics like bump stocks that make that shit damn near automatic. You can't do that shit to a pistol in no effective way. I mean, you can get an automatic, you can get your gun, your handgun modified to be an automatic pistol, but you're still going to be able to kill less people. And if you read the manifesto of this dude, he don't have a AK-47. He got like some kind of modified AK-47 and he got two different bullet types. And he was talking about how the bullets work. So he had an AK-47 and he said that the problem with the AK-47 type gun that he had is that it, it gets too hot. And so he's not going to be able to use all of his rounds before it gets too hot. So he's going to have to use heat gloves in order to avoid that problem. And then he used talked about the different kind of bullets he had, where if he used this type of bullet, it explodes inside of a person and causes more mass damage. So it's like, People be saying shit like, oh, well, you don't know AR means Armalite. It's not a type of weapon. It's not an assault rifle. What is an assault rifle? An assault rifle is not a type of rifle. That's just <laughs> something that polit- politicians say that's so you're afraid of what a rifle is. Okay. But there is a fucking difference between a Armalite 15 and a goddamn handgun. Okay. It's a difference. But motherfuckers don't want to talk about what those differences are and how one of them may be more easily usable to harm people in mass versus the other one. People avoid that whole conversation by saying shit like, you're not semi-automatic. Oh, there's no such thing as an assault rifle. Oh, AR doesn't mean a type of rifle. That's Armalite. That's the brand name. That's just the company that makes it. Y'all not finna tell me that shit. Don't have a deeper conversation to be had about it. And if you're just using those talking points to avoid having a conversation about the reality of if a handgun as a semi-automatic weapon is more dangerous 
than a, a semi-automatic rifle, then you are part of the problem. Because to be honest, if the end of that conversation is that pistols are more deadly and more dangerous, that's fine. But if we're not having that conversation, then we don't need to be trying to minimize the conversation because we don't want to have it. And that's bullshit. Well, of course, you know, the Donald t- tweeted out because he because that's what he does. He's a tweeter. He's a bit of a tweeter about the El Paso shooting. Um, and this is what he said. Today's shooting in El Paso, Texas was not only tragic, it was an act of cowardice. I know that I stand with everyone in this country to condemn today's hateful act. There are no reasons or excuses that will ever justify killing innocent people. That's what he said. So Rihanna <laughs> responded to him and said, um, Donald, you spelled terrorism wrong. Your country had two terroristic attacks back to back hours apart, leaving almost 30 innocent people dead. This just days after yet another terrorist attack in California, where a terrorist was able to legally purchase an assault rifle, AK-47, in Vegas, then drive hours to a food festival in Cali, <coughs> excuse me, leaving six more people dead, including a young infant boy. Imagine a world where it's easier to get an AK-47 than a visa. <coughs> I have no idea what just happened to my... Okay, to your voice. <laughs> Did I get that tickle in the back of your throat? Yep. Okay, I think I'm good. Imagine a world where they build a wall to keep terrorists in America. My prayer and deepest condolences to the families and loved ones of all the victims from Texas, California, and Ohio. I'm so sorry for your loss. Nobody deserves to die like this. Nobody. But you know what? If it was a Latino cat, he between about how MS-13 is a big-ass problem, and that's why we need the wall and how Democrats won't open borders so that MS-13 can come in here and kill your daughters. If that was a Latino person, that's what he'll be saying. Muslim. If it was a goddamn Muslim, he would be talking about banning countries like he did before, banning folks from coming in here. Uh, If it was black people, he'd be talking shit about that whole crime-riddled city full of rodents and rats. But when it comes to white people, he just got a general ass mess. He never attacks no people who are white. It don't matter what they wrong is. He don't at all nope. group up any part of the white culture and say this is a problem. And that's a problem. But, you know, what to do? Me and Shogun was having a conversation and it was, you know, it was going down the line of, you know, why are we even surprised about what Donald Trump do? Like, why are we talking about it to this degree if we know he already going to bullshit? But I just don't think we can stay silent on shit that's wrong, even if we can't do nothing about it. You know, we got to call that shit out. We have got to make sure that these politicians know this shit ain't normal. I just don't know how politics is interpreting Donald Trump shit. I don't know if this means that all these politicians going to get out here and try to do what they want to do like Donald Trump because Donald Trump did it. You know, even though everybody yelling and everybody calling them out and everybody doing all this shit to say we don't approve. I don't know if that's even enough, but I don't think we can just not say nothing because this nigga need to be under the fire. 
he been put under the fire a couple of times that made him be like, wait a minute, what? Was I mean, I messed up. He, he that's the happened a couple of times. That's what happened with the four women. I mean, folks came at him hard enough for him to, uh, you know, at least make excuses. No, when they started chanting, sent her back, he had to come around and be like, I stopped that. I cut that off, mm. which was a lie. But either way, whatever. So, you know, Amazon has their own delivery service now and seasonal trucks around. Yes. Amazon delivery drivers involved in a $10 million theft ring. <laughs> Damn, not surprised. It's not even that new of a service. <laughs> like they, it, it, how long have the trucks been out? Like, I just started seeing them like this year, around here. Um, according to a search warrant affidavit that was unsealed in Seattle's U.S. District Court, two storefront businesses that pose as pawn shops bought stolen goods from shoplifters and shipped them to to Amazon warehouses to be resold. <clears throat> the two drivers were originally hired by Amazon to travel to Seattle Tacoma International Airport to pick up items that were being returned to Amazon. So they got involved in this and started instead taking the stolen property. <laughs> My th- like I the reason why I would never get involved in something like that. One is too many people involved and like all it takes is for one person to fuck up for us all to come tumbling down. It's just too much. Like I wouldn't. I don't trust anyone enough. <laughs> I feel like to do that shit. Like, no. I read an Amazon story about this dude who had been ordering items from Amazon and clicking on the return item, mm-hmm. and Amazon would send him a refund. What he was doing is when he got the item, he would put it on the scale and weigh it, take the item out, put dirt in it. At the exact weight of what the item was and sent it back. But the issue is when Amazon get returns, they kind of just like put that shit in a storage room. And so And they set so you know they liquidate those returns and like people can buy pallets of them. I follow this guy or uh, on YouTube that does pallet uh pallet um not flopping <laughs> pallet um flipping flipping, not flopping, pallet flipping. And a lot of times when he gets he had he you know he gets these boxes and he does like an opening and shows the stuff that he got and what the value is and how much potential money he can make. A lot of times, what people will do is they will order something like Beats headphones and get them and put a equally heavy set of phone headphones that they already have back in the box. Send it back. They keep the Beats and they get their money back. So then, when people like him buy and so the manifesto of um of the stuff. It is what how they value how much you pay for it so he'll pay for a pallet thinking it's all these expensive items on there but when he gets it and actually opens it you know it's these are not beats headphones and so that's a large part of what went into the amount that he paid so they when when you return stuff it seems like they just kind of they sell them off as liquidations and so the problem is the people who buy those liquidation pallets you know he's gotten a lot of stuff like he'll be excited about a keyboard that's like super expensive or something that's like super expensive where he's going to be able to make his money back off that one item and he'll open it up and it'll be like a Logitech (laughs) keyboard instead of the shit he thought it was going to be 
which is why I've always looked at that and been like, that would be kind of a cool way to make some money flipping them pallets. But I'd be mad as shit if I got a Beats head box with not Beats in it. I'd be mad as fuck. Because again, that goes into the how much you pay for the box is like the potential value of the items in the box. Mm-hmm. So that's another scam that people do. They just order stuff and get it take it out send back something else and get their money back so you keep the beats that you can now sell and get double the money or you just keep them for yourself and not have to have paid for them because then you get your money back and the headphone or the eyewire or whatever like he um he's had that happen with a couple of things mm-hmm. so okay so mario lopez mario lopez um was in a conversation with Candace Owens first mistake uh, she's like the Republican darling little black girl they kind of um, mm-hmm. separated from her now because of a comment she made about Hitler but um, he pretty much said that well let me just say this if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way or you think you're a boy or a girl or whatever the case may be I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make this determination then okay you're going to be a boy or girl it's sort of alarming and I think about the repercussions later on so what the article says is Mario Lopez says parents supporting trans kids is dangerous which is not what he said that's not what he said but what he said is that he has an issue with parents doing that when the kids are two three years old and I didn't have a problem with what he said because there are so many things that you will look at a child and say they're not old enough to make that decision they're not old enough to know this yet they're not old enough to decide that yet we make most decisions for our kids up until they get to a certain age of where we feel like they're able to actually be able to make these decisions and I'm not sure why this I'm not saying that if a child wants to dress like there was I think her name was Jazz there was a kid that like full on the parents was doing the uh, hormone replacement and all of those things like super early if your kid says he wants to wear a dress you know he wants to wear a dress for Halloween and you allow that I don't think that that's quite the same as say being prepared to allow them to physically start changing like their body but i don't think mario lopez was even going that deep i think mario lopez was still asserting that if your boy wanted to wear a dress that you should not allow him to do that because he's a boy that's like how i picked that up in the context of the conversation and i don't i think any of that is a parent's assertion like the girl jazz oh that's mm-hmm. all parents mm-hmm. because if she's three four or five she did not sit down with their parents and say mom i want to let you know that i have a different gender in my internal body and i want to start applying things that actually allows me to feel like my outside matches with my inside a three-year-old jazz was born a boy became a girl right i think mm-hmm. yeah but a three-year-old, four, five-year-old ain't saying that shit. No. They saying shit like, I want a dress mm-hmm. if you're a boy. Or I want a Barbie doll. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of shit they saying. They're not going as deep as Mario Lopez make it seem like they going. You know? Not all parents. But there are cases like Jazz where they are. Where the parents do do that. 
I thought I took it as him only talking about situations like jazz. I didn't take it that way. He came back and apologized because people got his ass for it. I don't know if you saw that, but he did make an apology. So what triggered all of this is that uh, Charlize Theron revealed that her oldest child, Jackson, is actually a girl. People have been... But here's the thing about Jackson. Charlize Theron has been getting a lot of shit about Jackson because Jackson, she's been like pushing this with him... He shortly after she got him, like he's been dressing as as a girl for a long time, and people have had an issue with that for a long time. Like I don't remember how old he was when she adopted him, because he's a, one of the kids that she adopted from Somalia. I'm not sure where he where she got him from, but that's been going on a long time. He's not even that old, but that's been something that. Like she was getting him braid. Like it's been going on a while. She said that yes, I thought she was a boy too until she looked at me when I when she was three years old and said, I'm not a boy. Like the child at three aggressively said, I'm not a boy. So at the point that your child at three says, I'm not a boy, the way I took the conversation is that Mario Lopez would not allow his child to would not entertain the idea that his child is saying something that they really believe because they're a child. Hence, he would force their child to live under the gender that he believed the child's supposed to live under. Like, in the context of the conversation, that's what it seemed like. But three-year-olds also believe in Santa and the tooth. Like, it's... I just don't know that their brain is mature enough at that point. Even if they're saying it aggressively at three, like they believe in a lot of shit. They have imaginary friends. Like there's a ton of things because of where they are in their operative thinking that I just don't understand why those things make sense for them. But like we would assume that they are able to make a decision like this at three with the brain capacity. I I don't think it's a decision. Because all kids believe in bullshit, but only a very tiny fraction of them are saying shit like, I'm a boy, I'm a girl. It's not like this an epidemic that all kids experience. No. This is a very small subset of kids who have this experience. And what I'm saying is you're going to be on the wrong side of the history if that is really your child's experience and you start off invalidating it and invalidate it going all the way through because it's a child versus taking into consideration that there are other ways to handle this and i think i was asked this question at some point i don't think it was on the podcast i don't remember where it was and they were pretty much saying what would you do if your child was trans and started wanting to do that stuff i wouldn't invalidate it but i would downplay it depending on what it looks like you know i would be like oh at and- three i i, I just i wouldn't see me doing what charlisa theron did at three but even under the subset of kids that start having those things, because most kids we hear about, they just say shit like, I want to wear a dress. Mm-hmm. That's most of them. It's just little shit that go against the norms of what we find. It's very, very rare cases, even in that subset of kids who are aggressive about it. I mean, And Charlize Theron just happened to have one. Most trans kids ain't that aggressive about that shit. So does Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, their first child that they had, Shiloh, um, have you seen Shiloh lately? Mm-hmm. Shiloh, she, and this was because Shiloh 
at some point they said that she said something about calling her John. She was like, I just, to me, I'm not going to take this one thing and completely just run off with it. Again, you don't have to invalidate it, but you do not have to go running full speed ahead. Well, I don't think this is, I don't think the dialogue is about this just happened one time and parents are running full steam with it. In my head, the only time it gets to this point is it's a recurring theme and keeps going. Clearly, if my kid said he want to wear a dress, I'm not going to automatically say, oh, shit, his gender don't match his shit. Let me figure out how to make this kid comfortable with his gender. Okay, bye, bye, bye. I don't think that's the case. I think that these conversations are really reserved for when this shit becomes a recurring theme and you at the end of that rope and you like, this kid ain't finna let this fucking shit go. How do we deal with this? Because to the world, if we just let this child engage the way that they want to engage with the world, then we gonna look like shit parents because we let a little bitty ass kid determine what they want to be. On the other side, if we stop this shit because we're afraid of how the world gonna look at us, then we're going to be inhibiting our child's ability to be comfortable in who they are and their self-esteem because we're suppressing this thing. I don't think it's about the first time when you see your child saying some shit like that. I think this conversation is meant for when you get to that point, what do you do? And I took his shit as saying he's going to invalidate a young person's ability to make any decisions regarding their gender because they're a child and they don't know shit because they believe in shit like the tooth fairy. I... For me, it wouldn't even be about the world looking at me in a different way. For me, it would be like, how much stock do I put into what this three-year-old is saying to but where, me? I mean, but where's the line drawn? Because the way that they saying, the way that they was having that conversation, it wasn't about three. Because where's the line? It, it's seven when they can make the decision. It's 10 when they can make the decision. It's 13 when they make I mean, Because a have- person who don't want that shit, to, if a person who don't want their kids to be in that shit, they ain't going to draw a line. They're not going to say, I'll let her make this decision at seven. They're not going to do that. They're going to invalidate that kid because they're a kid for as long as they can. I mean, the conversation they're not having is how uncomfortable they would be with their child, child being that way and not, not about the reality of what that moment calls for when you got a child that's aggressively saying, this is what I am, and you, your response to it. Because one of the one or two things to to address that kid, you got to do one or two things. You got to say yes, we'll go with it, or no, that ain't what you're experiencing. Well, I mean, and I'm just saying at I that moment, what do you like do? I I would need you to have a little bit more concrete thinking ability. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I just I'm still stuck on the age range. I I because for me, again, for me, I wouldn't give a fuck what everybody else thought. If if I truly felt at three that this kid felt that way, but my issue is that I don't think I would ever fully feel at three, like even if for the whole time that whole three year that they are three from three to four that they're aggressively doing that, that's not they don't even have concrete thinking down yet. So I just don't know how much stock you can put into that. I wouldn't invalidate it by like yelling at them and saying you're a girl you're a girl you're a girl but i'm also not gonna encourage it just see where it goes because okay. you're three <laughs> okay but would you let them wear a dress if they wanted to at three if it was a boy depends on circumstances but why like that's that don't mean nothing like that don't have nothing to do 
that don't need that don't even mean that I'm you're not agreeing. Gonna send him to preschool in a dress and have him getting pushed around. So that's about kid. so that's about what how other people not view me. I'm not gonna put him through that. Like it is again. It, if you send your child to school or preschool or whatever at that age where they are identifying that these are girls things these are boys things because that's what happens around that age I'm not going to send him to now around the house if he wants to do that when we get ready to go out to grocery shopping if he want to do that when I'm with him present and can like dead any kind of bullshit sure but I'm not going to send him out on his own to like a daycare or something preschool with him in a dress by himself where I don't know how people are going to treat him because of that. No. But right. again, if he want to do that when we go out to Walmart, all right, put your dress on. I'm not set up to believe that Mario Lopez's comments had that in it. I'm not, I'm not inclined to believe. Why? Because of how he was having a conversation like that. I read that quote, but I, I, I watched some of the interview. Mm-hmm. The conversation was really in the context of validating what a kid wants versus being an adult that chooses what's best for a kid in that moment. And so I don't think that he would choose to allow his three-year-old to wear a dress because the context of what he was saying was that a kid don't know what they want at that age. And it's dangerous to let them want what they want at that age. So I'm supposed to make the decision for them as the parent. So... I'm not going to let my boy wear a dress because he's not supposed to like that because I'm going to make the decision for my kid. I mean, and so there's a difference between your kid wanting to do some shit that's outside of traditional norms and you fighting against these things that can help your child find their self-esteem and their strengths because you don't feel like it meets social standards. I ain't saying it's easy. I guess. I'm just saying <laughs> if that moment ever show up for anybody, you either got to say, yes, son or daughter, you can do whatever you want. That's against traditional standards, even though I'm going to take some heat for it. And even though it ain't going to look good. And even though you might get bullied and even though all this stuff might happen. Yes, you can do that versus and giving that child a freedom and autonomy to learn how to manage their own body and their own individuality versus telling them, no, son, you can't do none of that shit because you're not supposed to. I don't think it has to be that black and white though. Again, like I said, I wouldn't let I him wear dresses people, to certain places. Like I, I wouldn't again. Well, I, I only I only expect people like me and you to be this reasonable when it comes to the middle ground that comes between that situation. A lot of men are gonna be too uncomfortable to be letting their boys do what they consider girl shit. And it's gonna cost their children some self esteem shit. I mean, fucking kids be. I didn't see kids in Walmart with Halloween costumes on in July because they wanted to be Batman. And it's like, do I be Batman? Let go. Look, man, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you something about some kids, okay? <laughs> like, but I don't just. And I know you done experienced these kids before. What's the youngest kids you don't work with? I don't work with kids under 12. But what's the youngest kid you've ever worked with? 12. I don't work with kids under 12. I mean, you say you don't. To me, that means right now. So you've never worked with a child. Because I, I don't. So, you know, you do play therapy with younger kids. I don't have any training at all. And I've never had any desire to work with kids like younger than You 12. don't got to do So I don't. I like working with kids. I do not. I hate it. Well, let me let me say <laughs> this. You, How do you know? You ain't never worked with them. You ain't never worked with a kid under 12. How the hell do you? In theory, you don't like it, but you have no idea. I've watched people do like when I was interning they had a playroom and so my um 
my internal supervisor kept trying to get me to do it because she was like, you know, was it only play therapy? Mm-hmm. I know I'm not talking about play therapy. I don't do play therapy with the kids I work with. How, how I do you do talk therapy with a, a five year old? They can talk. I know they can <laughs> talk, but like, mm-mm. listen. Go ahead and say what you say because I I I watched them do the play therapy and interact with the kids, and I was like, I can't do that shit. Play therapy is just a particular type of therapy. Talk therapy, Medicaid won't reimburse for therapy for kids until they're five because evidence shows that five is around the age where talk therapy starts working for kids. In most instances, the kids that we work with that's in Medicaid, that's in impoverished situations, that have nothing, that have parents that work all the time, Mm -hmm. they don't have somebody to connect with and to listen to them. So for those kids, listening to them is usually just enough. But they're also at a young enough age where they're learning. So it's really easy for them to start absorbing skills. So when I play games with them like Mad Dragon that got anger techniques on it, they learn that shit and they use it often. Mm -hmm. The difference between kids and adults or kids and teenagers is young kids are so easy to manipulate in whatever you need them to know. That's why I like working with kids because it's like, so I I got a you played ungame before right? Uh huh. I played all the time with my teenagers. So the ungame and I'm going to paraphrase in the way I want to paraphrase. The ungame will have a question that say, you know, tell me about your fucked up mama, <laughs> right? So when I ask a five year old, tell me about your fucked up mama. I don't say it like that, but I would hope not. Tell me about your <laughs> fucked up mama. They be like, no. And I'll be like, okay. If I pull out the ungame and say, hey, playing the ungame, every time you answer a question, you get a skittle. Okay. They're disconnected from me now because it's about the game. Mm-hmm. So if you ask on the card, be like, uh-oh, I pulled this card. Tell me about your fucked up mama. They be like, well, when my mama be in the kitchen, she be screaming at me and she threw a knife at me one time. And I'll be like, okay, you got a skittle. <laughs> but like, it's so easy to do that. With, you can't do that with teenagers. You cannot. You can't trick teenagers like no, that. But that's why I feel I don't. With teenagers, is is with teenagers, it hinges directly on the relationship. That's why I like it though. I can just be direct. I go in, build a relationship with them, and just have conversation as opposed to trying to figure out. Like I just and I'm weird with little kids. Just in general, in my personal life, like a kid under twelve. I don't know what to do with them little niggas. Like, I'm just not good. Like, maybe when I have a kid that I've raised and went through those stages of those years. But right now, I have no desire to do that at all. So the point of me bringing up kids in this regard, though, is that there are some five, six, and seven-year-olds that you will talk to that is like talking to a fucking adult. Period. I can see that. It's like talking to an old soul. Sometimes I like talking to an old soul where they just get it. But I feel like more often than not, it would be niggas throwing balls at your head. Like, I don't, I feel like those old souls are not the norm. Like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> old souls is definitely not the norm. The norm in kids that talk and, and understand are kids who parents don't shield them from adult conversation. So the kids be sitting in these rooms which a poverty-stricken environment where they in a trailer, they can't go nowhere. So mama having grown conversations on the phone, Mm -hmm. those are most of the kids I work with that is really easy to communicate with because all the adults just been like letting them hear all these adult conversations. So when me and them talk, it's like talking to a fucking little adult. Now they don't have the rational sense to know exactly 
the inner workings of everything. But at this point in some of these kids' lives, they've experienced enough to be able to make some decisions. And I'm not saying that trans is that. What I'm saying is you can't be an adult that invalidate a child's experience and perspective because they are a child. And this is universal. I mean, is the umbrella is under this trans thing that we're talking about. But the reality is you can't be an adult that invalidate kids' ideas and thoughts just to invalidate them because you're an adult. And that's what that conversation turned into that Mario Lopez had. It's like, you three, you don't know shit. So I'm not going to listen to you regardless. And the reality is there's parents out there like that. We work with parents all the time that don't listen to their fucking 16 and 17-year-olds because they got this parental entitlement and they feel like they shouldn't have to listen to their kid because they the parent and they can say what they want to say. And if that's what Mario Lopez was hinting at in his dialogue, I don't agree. If he was hinting at what you were saying in his dialogue about it just not being like, of, of just knowing that a kid ain't, in the mindset or the experience or the knowledge to make the in, the decision in their best interest. But otherwise, if they felt like their child could or would have got to an age where they could make that decision and they would let them, that's different. It just didn't seem like that's the conversation they was having. And and the real question was, like, I, I, I really like for them to ask questions like, if this was your child, what age would you say it was okay then, you know? Because from their conversation in my head, it didn't seem like there was an age at which they would accept that shit. Because you, a boy, supposed to be a boy, girl supposed to be a girl. You know, he didn't put no age limit on that comment he made. He just said kids, you know, and parents. So there's a context upon which I can agree with what he's saying. But if he's saying it the way that the greater context of the con, because Candace always. She was saying shit that took the conversation in a different direction than what he was probably meaning anyway mm -hmm. because it's fucking Candace Owens. So, I don't know, man. I, if I was faced with that shit, that'll be some hard-ass shit, man. I don't know what I would do. But, like, my three-year-old, the first time they say they want to do some, some weird shit by society standards, I'll be like, I'll probably just kind of minimize that shit. If it became a long-standing pattern of my young child indicating that they might be trans, I might have to find a support group, goddamn, <laughs> a blog or something, because I'm not gonna know how to deal with that shit. But the but I'm but what I'm gonna do at the core of everything I do is gonna be to preserve my child's self-esteem, autonomy, and ability to, you know, grow and be and feel like they worth something. And not that, they, and, and that they don't have to adhere to societal standards because of what you look like, but whatever. What else you got? Uh, Is that all you had? Pretty much. Okay, I, I was gonna say something about Keisha Cole had a baby with her little twenty-three-year-old boyfriend. He had young for real? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> well, at least he rich. <laughs> he looked like a fucking son standing next to her. That shit is weird. Well, he got money. He he's of age, so I mean, she's not doing anything wrong. It's just fucking weird. I personally couldn't date somebody that was twenty three. It's fucking weird. He looks like her kid. It's weird. Like they had their baby shower, and he was standing next to her, and her son, her actual son, was standing next to her, and it just looked like she was standing there with her two sons. <laughs> it's weird. 
fucking weird. Ronald Reagan called us monkeys. Who's surprised? <laughs> Yo, some <laughs> recordings came out soon. Ronald Who's Reagan called people monkeys. Are Nobody, people surprised? Nobody should okay. be. I mean, they it's Ronald be. Reagan, man. What y'all thought? Yeah. What y'all thought he thought about black folks, man? Reaganomics. Damn. That's go back into my shit. Like, it don't matter how much shit you do to cause disparities and issues with the black community. If you don't call him a nigga, you ain't racist. (laughs) If you don't call him a monkey, you ain't racist. If you don't call him a moon cricket, (laughs) you ain't racist. If you do those things, you're racist, though. That's so stupid to me, man. Uh, ASAP Rocky finally freed from Swedish prison. Okay. He ain't said shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. Meh. A poll reveals that most Americans oppose cash reparations for slavery. I do as well. I oppose cash reparations for slavery because we don't need no goddamn cash. We need some collateral. We need some fucking property. We need some ownership. We need to be helped to build things. And cash ain't going to do that. Cash ain't going to do nothing but put all the money that black folks get right back into the society that fucked us up in the first place. So we don't need that. What else? Uh, There is an African runner named Castor Samaya. Who is intersex? Okay. Which means that when you put her up next to a bunch of women, she look like a man. Mm-hmm. She's taller. She's faster. Uh, she got masculine features. And so for the last ten years, uh, they've been trying to find a way to determine how we decide how to define women and when it comes to like Olympics and when it comes to races and track and field because clearly in women events if you have somebody that has a lot of masculine traits they're going to dominate right fair advantage yeah and so they really bit the IAAF which I don't know what that means but this is the uh, organization that oversees like racing and track and field and all of that shit um they basically was trying to been trying to find a way to oust her uh the first thing they did was they did a sex um gender test or whatever to determine if it was a man or a woman xx or xy yeah mm-hmm. and while she was born with an x x y chromosome in terms of being a man it's determined that she was intersex so intersex means that you got probably got like a big clitoris like that look kind of like a little bitty penis yeah like it's a, is it the same thing as like an hermaphrodite yes but hermaphrodite is is like the word retarded okay it so intersex is, is the, the word. old way of referring to a person that became so stigmatized that intersex is the politically correct term the difficulty with intersex people is that the parent has to, to make that decision early on mm-hmm. as to whether or not and so her parents apparently made the decision for girl as than a boy because usually it's not a situation where the kid like grows up and then decides which one they identify with more it's determined at birth by the doctors and the parents but 
in that population, there is a lot of mismatch on what the parents choose versus what the individual. Because you don't fucking know, though. Like, when the when it's a baby, after you at the hospital and they just saying boy or girl, I think most people probably, they I don't even know that they look and say whether they look like more of. I think people go with what they want. But you know what they do? When the parents choose that they wanted to be a girl mm-hmm. instead of a boy. That extra long clitoris, they mm-hmm. cut it off. But that's what I'm saying. That's why. Because they're going to give them the genitalia or whatever the sex is. And because of that, it's, you know, I don't know if waiting would be an, a thing. Because then they still, at some point when they decide, have, I don't know. Listen, I don't man, know how I to deal with that. I did a whole bunch of research on uh, FGM, which is female genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. And. I don't even want my child circumcised now. Like, I don't want my child circumcised, period. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have to teach that motherfucker to clean that turtleneck. Because <laughs> that shit, that process is so fucking invasive, man. It's like, that shit was so fucked up. I was like, how how dare my mama them let this shit happen to me <laughs> and my fucking brother? How fucking dare they? I saw that shit and I like, that's the wrong shit to see. I saw I saw STDs in high school, and that didn't make me not want to fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. But when I saw that circumcision, I was like, "Oh hell no! I've been through that, nigga." That is so funny. I don't want that shit to happen. But I, I don't know. That's that's a difficult. Because if they had chosen boy at her birth, she'd be fine. She'd just be he would be doing the same sports and shit, but. It wouldn't be an issue. That's a difficult. Uh, I don't know what what you do as a parent to an intersex child, because I don't even know if you can wait. I think they really press you to like make a decision about sex in the hospital so that they can go ahead and get the child, you know, straight for whatever gender it's going to be. And they and it does a lot of mismatch does happen where the kid grows up and it's the, it should have been the opposite, but you don't know that at birth. And they can't tell you, <laughs> which is the fucked up thing about it. But it's also fucked up for the female athletes that have had to um, um, perform, not perform. So what's the word I'm looking at? that have had to play against her? That's not what I'm. That have had to race against her. Race against her. What about compete? Her? Compete against her. It's also unfortunate for the women that have had to compete against her if she has had this uh, this unfortunate uh, leg up that ain't her fault, but it's still a genetic leg up that means that she's going to be dominating over them. So what happened is in 2016, the Swiss Supreme Court determined that in order to compete, she would have to take testosterone-lowering pills. And... Uh, that ruling was just recently upheld mm-hmm. um, by that same Supreme Court because um, at the end of the day, they just trying to find a way to determine. They measure how much testosterone you got. And if you got a certain amount, you got to take testosterone long pills. Well, but here's the thing. If it's just that she's dominated because she just is that good of an athlete, that won't matter. But if it is because she's getting a boost because of the uh, abnormal amount of testosterone in her system, like I don't know what you do in that. But now kid. you never know anyway. That's the problem. You never know anyway now. Why you mean? If it if there if she was dominating, 
she takes the testosterone lower and her, her testosterone gets lower and she doesn't compete as well what do you mean you wouldn't know anyway if there's a change in her in her performance then it, the testosterone had something to do with it otherwise when they lower it she's still gonna perform the same way well you, i don't know if she ever started taking them Oh, I'm saying if she did start taking them and it lowered her testosterone, but she was still dominating, they can't say it's because of her testosterone. But if she starts taking it lower and it gets lower and her performance evens out, or it's not as as. Um, I, I think it's just a tactic anyway, because even if she continues to dominate, it's not going to change that they're going to start still target her XY chromosome, regard her as a man, and try to find ways to get her out of the situation. They've done everything short of just saying that she's a man. Yeah. To get all of this stuff they're trying to do done. The first time they did, when they did the sex verification test, they just did it because she she took four seconds off of one of her running times. And they said that it's unrealistic that a woman take time off that fast. And they did the sex verification test and they let it leak immediately. And uh, a lot of people like Michael Johnson, the sprint, you know, old oh gold winner um in the 90s i think he came out and said look this this racism you know you got this whole white group trying to say that these black folks oh she's black mm -hmm. you didn't say that yeah <laughs> these black folks can't they can't get better but she has a whole component but i don't know this is just a greater conversation about what do we do with the individuals in our society that are intersex as it pertains to competition and and things of that nature. Do we kick them out and say, y'all just have no room in this? You know, you're just either going to do much more poorly than the men or you're going to dominate women so there's just no room for you in these these tournaments? What if they did like a, well, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say like the Special Olympics for people that have disabilities. Oh, That's, no. <laughs> and they only compete against each other. Probably not enough of them that care about sports. It ain't like an epidemic of people. It'd be like two, maybe. I mean, I had a uh, was she? Yeah, we. Um, I think I told the story before at my other job. We interviewed this person that looked very much like a man in drag. Oh, you told me that. Yeah, and the professors that I work with freaked the fuck like no, because nobody knew. Like talking to them on the phone you would have thought it was i think we thought it was a man because the name was like a unisex name and then when she showed up everybody was just like because i'm talking about i'm talking about like six five broad shoulders but like long hair makeup and like a blouse <laughs> it was very weird and i went to look up her after the fact and found out that she was intersex and had lived her life as a man and had kids and everything, got married to a woman, all of it. And then this was like, this was not a young person. This was maybe in their fifties and just decided that they were going to live their, their true, the way they've always felt mm -hmm. lost their family and all of that shit behind that shit too. But, um, that was a very, <laughs> I think I handled it well. They did not. Like, because when I walked in, and I was sitting at my desk when she came in, and she came in and introduced herself, and I was like, oh, yeah, we were expecting you. 
um, let me just have a seat, you know, let me go and uh, let them know that you're here. When I tell you, and these are some old Southern white men, okay? So, like, they lost. <laughs> and she sued them. She ended up suing the school. I don't know if she won. Because they, they did treat her. They tried the best that they could. I feel like what was in their <laughs> abilities, <laughs> given how they feel. But, like, it was very obvious that they were uncomfortable. It didn't go well. I don't know whatever happened with that lawsuit, but yeah. I knew that shit was coming. Like when I left work that day, I was like, she gonna sue the fuck out of them because they was like not able to like just they couldn't do it. <laughs> and again, what department it was, was that? Hmm? What department was that? Criminal justice. Oh, okay, makes sense. And it was a lawyer. She was a lawyer. She had worked in law. Like, don't do that to somebody who work in law. She gonna sue the fuck out. What's wrong with y'all? She might just go around country and um, go around the country doing interviews for people she know gonna freak out and suing their ass. Cause she sound like a man on the phone. And again, the name is Unisex. We're all assuming that there's gonna be a man that walks through the door, <laughs> and it was her instead. And the the voice still sound like a man, but obviously from the other context clues of the long hair face was made up the women's clothes i you know i was like okay all right ma'am have a seat (laughs) (laughs) i was able to like keep my shit together even though i internally i was like what the fuck is going on (laughs) but like them outwardly they were like what the fuck is going on like nobody wanted to go to like they had been taking all the candidates out to like these lunches and dinners nobody wanted to go like and all of them went usually they were like trying to decide who was gonna go like oh y'all been going why why all of a sudden now the whole department ain't gonna go y'all were going before <laughs> but they didn't want to be they didn't want to be there <laughs> and these are like old southern white like 70 year old white men southern white men that just epitome of racism yep and she was white but she was a white and sexism yeah misogyny that shit was oh, that shit. she was taller than all of them bigger than all of them it was crazy it was fucking crazy that's probably one of the craziest experiences i've had at work that Damn. wasn't like therapy related like <laughs> that shit was just it was bananas i will never forget that she's a nice lady you know she thanked me for being like because they it, their behavior had been so bad that when she left she was like thank you for being respectful <laughs> it's like they were just it was so bad yeah. i was like oh no it's no problem it was nice meeting you like y'all it's are professionals how the fuck y'all ain't got better poker faces than this it's fucked up it was i felt bad for her they they treated her wrong like and i know it was because of their discomfort but like you could give people basic common courtesy like no matter who they are what they look like like the fuck out of here just be regular <laughs> yeah well we are at two hours and five minutes so alright um you got anything else on your mind I do not alright well until we come to conversation wait a minute until we come to the next conversation we out holla